Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the east end of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com We are recording. Hey, everybody. Hey. Howdy. Hi, Annette. We have a new president. <laughs> yes, we do. Excited about that. And a new vice president. And a new vice president. Big news this week. Uh, no flies on her. <laughs> Wait, we got a new vice president, too? It's a package deal. They already redecorated the uh, Oval Office. I saw they got rid of the, the old drapes. They got took down Andrew Jackson and put up FDR. Did they light some sage as well? I'm sure. I thought the plastic slip covers on everything was a little a little too much because because you know that's generational. It is. <laughs> Anyways, so today uh, we thought it would be interesting to talk about the most recent express session, which was held last week, and it was all about the idea of paid parking in East Hampton and Sac Harbor. And this is one of those um, topics that has been going around and around for a number of years, and there's a lot of people for it and a lot of people against it, and. Um, I think it was a very interesting discussion, and it's something that's now looks, looks like it's going to be coming to fruition in both Sag Harbor and East Hampton. So let's do our introductions, and we'll get started. Um, so manning the controls is Bill Sutton. Hi, Bill. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. We also have with us Catherine G. Manu, also known as Georgie. Hey, Georgie. Hi, Annette. It's Georgie. Um, I am the co-publisher of the Express News Group. And we have Joe Shaw with us once again. Hi, Joe. How are you doing, Annette? Joe Shaw, executive editor of the Express News Group. And my name is Annette Hinkle, and I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And also sitting in with us today is Gavin Manu. Hi, Gavin. How are you? Uh, hi, Annette. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be making my podcast debut. Uh, Gavin Manu, I am the co-publisher of the Express News Group, along with my lovely wife. Are we treating him as a guest? Is that how this is going? Well, I think we are because he's never been he's never been subjected to our particular brand. Well, I, I, I also might want to introduce myself wearing another hat that's somewhat important to this conversation, which is I am the newly minted president of the Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce. And uh, you're right that this is a conversation that's been going on for for many years and one that uh, the Chamber of Commerce is following closely. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I've always been sort of a big proponent of it. One of the reasons I think paid parking is, is a really good idea is I, I've seen it in action in places where it really reduces the stress level. For, for example, I took my daughter on a college tour in Ohio a couple of years ago, and we had parked early in the, in the day, and I had loaded up the app and so I could park for four or five hours. And then at four or five hours later, we found ourselves at the other end of campus and unable to really get back in time for the meter to expire. And being able to just go on the app and add a couple more hours worth of time just made everything so less stressful. You know, having witnessed so many altercations on Main Street in Sac Harbor um, with people doing U-turns or arguing with um, the, the traffic control officers who are forced to um, enforce parking and it just and, and just fights over parking spaces. It just seems like having a, a paid system is not only a, a little bit of a stress reliever for people looking for for spaces, but also a really good way to bring in some revenue for the villages. Wondered if we could jump in a little bit and talk about the reason that paid parking is being considered now and also the benefits that it will bring to the villages. And I think we, we started talking about it uh, before we got started here. 
that I think it's a different conversation in East Hampton and South Hampton, isn't it, Gavin? I, and I think that one of the, the differences is that there's already paid parking in East Hampton and there isn't in Sag Harbor, correct? Uh, no, there, there's not paid parking in either village as of now, but there's, there's this, there's a, East Hampton has a little ticket machine where you grab a ticket and, and. Oh, there you go. Timed parking, I guess is what I should be saying. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, Annette, you, you bring up visiting someplace and, and, you know, we, we shouldn't forget, and it's hard to forget that this is, these are tourist communities and there's two different conversations that have to be had. One is that there's a local population uh, that of course should be considered that pay taxes here, that live here year round. And then there's our, our booming tourist population, which there's a reason why these, both of these uh, proposals for paid parking are seasonal. They're uh, I believe in Sag Harbor, it's, it's May through September. And I think in East Hampton, they want to push it through to October. But those are two very different uh, times a year, the, the winter months and the, and the summer. So these, to be clear, these paid parking proposals do deal with the summer season and, and, a, and a bit of the shoulder seasons. And um, th there's also lots of parking that will remain free, which is an important point to make right up front that in Sag Harbor, the proposal is for about 25% of the total spaces available in the business district would be paid. And they would include Long Wharf and Main Street, which is of course, where everybody wants to park first and foremost, but the remaining 75% would sort of be down Bay Street or, or other surrounding streets in the village that locals know well, and hopefully they would be able to use those a little more often, opening space on Main Street. That, that's the idea behind that. And I think it's a similar structure in East Hampton where they wanna reserve sort of the prime areas for the tourist community or for the people who are visiting town and wanna to spend a few hours there. For those of us who want to duck in and hit the store for 20 minutes, I think that there's other ways to get around the paid parking structure. And also just to be clear, um, at least I know in Sag Harbor, there will still be a handful of 30 minute parking spaces on Main Street and um, I'm not sure on Long Wharf as well, but in that paid parking system um, in those main areas, there will still be free parking available for, let's say, a senior citizen who needs to go to the pharmacy and grab a prescription or needs to duck into Scavone's for, you know, a loaf of bread or something. It's not like you won't have that as an option. That will still be available. It just will be limited. Well, and in East Hampton, they take it even a step further. For, for village residents, they will not be charged at all, even if they park in the two uh, paid parking lots. As long as they have, as long as they're in the beach permit um, system, then the readers that are going to go around and 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 check the you know the, the the traffic control readers will will be tied into that beach parking system and will know that they're local residents and they won't be charged. They'll still have to conform to the time limits, um, but they won't have to pay that two dollars an hour. By in East Hampton, is it only village residents that are able to still park for free? Or can you have a town beach, East Hampton Beach permit and be able to- No, village. Village. So people who could, who could ironically easily walk to the village are still able to park for free. Whereas those who live a little bit further out can't use those spaces. Hmm. Okay. Well, and I would imagine that if Sag Harbor, which you know there's been tentative discussions about creating some sort of resident permit. Um, and if Sag Harbor did pursue that, um, it would probably also just be village residents, even though, of course, in Sag Harbor, especially, we know that the greater Sag Harbor area, the school district boundaries, um, you know, really all view that downtown as their village. 
I would say that's the case in East Hampton as well. I mean, East Hampton Village serves the entire town of East Hampton. I mean, maybe not Montauk as much, but for the, uh, those of us who live in Springs, East Hampton Village is our downtown. That's where we, you know, we go to the grocery store, we go to the pizza place, you, you know, when the movies are open or there's a few restaurants there. Uh, you know, the idea, you know, when I go get pizza for our family, I go into that parking lot and to, to for every time you're going to have to pay an extra two bucks to go in there, or you're gonna find, as I mentioned earlier, another spot down the street a little bit, a place that you know it's free. The local residents will have to, you know, we know where those extra spots are and we'll have to learn how the system works just like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, there's a parking lot in East Hampton Village and I'm not gonna talk about which parking lot it is, but um, there's a parking lot in East Hampton Village that will remain free and is like a local secret about where to park in the summer when you wanna be downtown. And it's great. And that will probably become my go-to parking lot um, once this passes. See, that's not fair. That's just that's just unfair <laughs> that you're not willing to share. You publish a book, we'll call it, um, we'll call it Georgie's Secrets. I grew up in Springs, you know, this is, this is part of what it is to be a local. <laughs> Georgie's secret parking slots. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I need a mute button for Georgie to, to not give away all our secrets. But I think that's an important part that, that those, you know, if you grew up in East Hampton and you live in East Hampton, or if you've been there for a long time, you should know the ins and outs of where to go, where you don't have to pay. Whereas maybe Joe, if you're coming to East Hampton to visit for the day and you want to spend a few hours and you want to park right there next to the restaurant you want to go to, well, now you have the opportunity to spend a few bucks extra and be able to have that convenience of not thinking about where to go. And that's the, that's the dynamic here, that they're trying to give convenience to those people who are visitors and, and they want to come spend money in the village and they, want, and they don't want to be bothered by it. They don't want an $80 ticket either. That's, that's one of the things that, that Jerry Larson, the mayor of East Hampton, was talking about, that sort of sour taste that those tickets are leaving in people's mouths. With the way it's been done for years, it's two hours parking in our lots and one hour on the streets. And we've heard for years from the business owners that two hours is not enough. And then after two hours, you get an $80 parking ticket, which really annoys the people who are trying to shop and go to our restaurants. Here they are spending money at our local businesses, and then they come back to their car and they've got an $80 summons. Just, just hit them for the six bucks or the 10 bucks or whatever it is. They, they'd rather pay that and know that they can take their time over a nice lunch than to be rushing around or to feel they need to hurry out and not do that extra shopping or not, not stay at the restaurant a little longer. Ultimately, the goal is not just to raise revenue for the village, which of course is a, a big goal, but also to, to keep the, um, the people in the village shopping, spending money. And Lex Bloom, who's the regional sales manager with Park Mobile, which is an app that, uh, that Sag Harbor is, uh, is working with uh, for their parking plan. Uh, so just in a nutshell, Park Mobile is the nation's leading mobile payments provider. Uh, we partner with municipalities, universities, private parking operators, anyone who has paid parking assets um, to enable drivers to pay for their parking needs on their mobile devices. Um, and the value that we can bring to both Sag Harbor, East Hampton, um, is that we are the most experienced mobile payments provider in the industry. We've been in the U.S. since 2009. Uh, we have over 450 municipal deployments, 140 uh, university deployments. So we know what we're doing. The great thing about our, our solution is that it is low cost for municipal clients. There's no upfront capital. Our fees are passed on to the end user. Um, and that we, we work with both big and small municipalities. Clients include New York City, which would obviously be a bigger client, but we also work with smaller municipalities like Patchogue and Islip. Um, and we can curate a parking solution to meet the client to where they're at. 
So just to give you a- I think Annette's point too, that if you set it up, the, one of the benefits of the app-based system is that you can change your plans once you park and add a little more time. And I think that's really beneficial too. But it seems to me that this entire conversation breaks down in two ways. One is the money and the revenue. So let's talk about that first. Um, in East Hampton in particular, uh, there's a very specific purpose for uh, introducing this app-based system and specific plans uh, for the revenue bill. C correct, yeah. Um, Mayor Larson is is hoping, expecting, and projecting that they're gonna bring in 2 million bucks a year just from this parking system. Um, and that that money would then go to um, help to pay for a, a sewer system in in the in the main street, uh, you know, in the business district. Which I mean, that's been talked about for years too. How do you come up though with the twenty million dollars to to pay for that? Um, with with the parking at two million dollars a year, you can pay the debt service on on that sewer sewer district, and you know, and implementing that, um, and it, it becomes a wash. Whether people know it or not, but East Hampton Village is basically the entire core area. The business courier is in the watershed area of Hook Pond. And as everyone knows, a lot of our septic systems are dated. Um, so a centralized septic system would go a long way in helping our water qualities of Town Pond and Hook Pond. And that's that's one um, benefit of a septic system of a centralized septic system. And the second one, the second is to increase the amount of wet uses we can have. We've heard so many complaints that why can't East Hampton Village be more like Sag Harbor? And the big reason is Sag Harbor has had a septic system since the 70s, and we don't have one. So I came up with an idea of doing paid parking. We have over a million cars that go in and out of our two parking lots every year. So if we can gain revenue from those, we could use that money to pay for the septic system, which is going to be somewhere about $20 million. So that's our, our goal. You know, if we take a bond, maybe we can use that money to pay the debt service. So that's that's our plan, and it's moving forward uh, very nicely. Yeah, and I have to say in Sac Harbor as well, you know, revenue has been a really big issue. Um, you know, it's a village that you know, really has needed to do some solid financial planning and has had a lot of expenses, a lot of infrastructure projects that haven't been tackled. The village did just tackle its Long Wharf project, um, but there's a lot more to be done and they just simply don't have the revenue. Um, and in Sag Harbor, the estimate is that they could be bringing in about $700,000 a year if they went with this system. And, you know, that's critical money when you're talking about projects like redesigning the fire department Department and emergency service area down on Brick Kiln Road, a project that's really important. I think we've learned this year more than ever how critical those services are. And, you know, that's going to come at a hefty price tag, even with grants. I just wondered if we wanted to talk about how the pricing would be structured, how it works in both. Is there a maximum amount of time that you can pay to park in these lots? I believe there's a point to not buy more parking after X amount of hours. So I just wondered if somebody could go over the nuts and bolts of the, the two ideas. So it's actually quite different in the two villages. In Sag Harbor, there's a pricing structure for 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and then pricing structure from five o'clock until midnight. 
So from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., you're limited to three hours. Your first hour is free, but it's important to point out that even if you're going to park for that free hour, you have to use the app and register your car that you're in a parking space um, so that they know that, that you're online. After that, it's $5 for the second hour, $7.50 for the third hour. Um, after five o'clock, it's the same. It's, it's $5 for the, for the second hour, $7.50 for the third, but you could add a fourth hour for $15. And just to clarify, Bill, this is all of the spaces on Long Wharf and on Main Street in Sag Harbor Village. With the exception of handicapped spots, and as Georgie mentioned, a few 30-minute um, parking spaces that, that wouldn't, you wouldn't charge for. Um, in East Hampton, it's a little bit different. It's only the two main lots, um, the Reitershin and Shank parking lots. Um, and, it, and it's basically, um, there will be some spots where you can park for 30 minutes free. Um, after that, parking is going to cost $2 an hour for up to three hours paid via, via the app. And then at five o'clock, all parking is free. So that's a big difference between the two villages too. In East Hampton, they realize that people want to come in and as Gavin said, pick up their pizza for, for dinner or whatever, go to a restaurant. If the movie theater ever reopens, go to a movie. So you wouldn't be paying for that. So this is basically targeting those people that come out in the summer uh, during the day. And, and $2 an hour doesn't seem um, to me personally that, that egregious. And all the street, the street spots in East Hampton remain as they are now, um, which are free. Correct. I, I think they're still timed. Yeah, they're, right? timed. they're timed. What about the older people who maybe are challenged with um, cell phones and apps? Has there been any discussion about how people who feel a little bit um, overstretched by the idea of getting a, a smartphone and learning how to use that? What's interesting is um, you don't need to use the app. They were very clear that in both villages, there will be uh, the ability to make a toll-free phone call to set up your parking, uh, and there'll be signs to, to make that clear to everybody. But your point is a good one, which I've heard from many people, which is a lot of older people not only don't have smartphones, they don't have cell phones in general and wouldn't have the ability to just sit and call. Uh, and, and the confusion aspect of this uh, certainly in the first year that they, they're doing it is, is going to be pretty significant. Gavin, have you talked with some of the business owners in Sag Harbor and are they, how, how concerned are they about that? Right. Well, first of all, I want to say that on the front page of this week's Sag Harbor Express is a story about just that issue with senior citizens and, and uh, our reporter, Steve Coates, goes into some data about uh, how many do senior citizens have smartphones, how it changes with income levels, et cetera. So uh, definitely an interesting story there and, and something that people are concerned about. But uh, yes, I have talked to business owners and I think I think in both villages, there's this notion of, of a small town charm and um, the, the, the way it always has been. And uh, we had David Bronya, who's a friend of mine and uh, owns a store on Main Street in Sag Harbor. Um, and he, he was talking about how he moved his store from East Hampton to Sag Harbor 20 years ago because it was mom and pops because it was small town charm and he's he fears that 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 a um a paid parking plan is going to sort of you know continue eroding at that notion of of a small town and and what I that means be a little different on this it's um <clears throat> my feeling is that paid parking is going to change the complexion of the village where um we've not been known as a local village not so much as a tourist village because we are the local village for most of the Hamptons out here. 
our customers say it's going to be the first further certification of Sag Harbor. Um, we draw, you know, if we moved to Sag Harbor, my business, 20 years ago. We moved from East Hampton, made the commitment to Sag Harbor because it is local independent businesses. Uh, when I pose the question of paid parking to our customers, they immediately go to, it's a revenue producing situation. They don't see it as any solution for the parking problem is what they're pointing out. And most of my neighboring businesses, they actually know it's a done deal basically, but what they're thinking is the, the stakeholders weren't taken into account, which are the business owners and the building owners. I remember when they redid the zoning in the village, we were able, all the building owners and the businesses were able to individually meet with a village official to go over how it would affect us and talk to them about our concerns. This time, this is a zoning change in my view. We're changing the zoning of Main Street. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things. I, I say start small, I'm not against the change, but I would say start small. I said from the beginning when Mayor Mulcahy came to the board and talked to us, we said, start it on Long Wharf, then expand it onto Main Street. That was our view right then. And um, last thing I do wanna say is the day this goes into effect, I invite all officials to be in our store or any store on Main Street to deal with what we get from the people parking. Because we get complaints, people come in yelling at us about a parking ticket. They're gonna come in, why do I need to do this? So we really need to know how this is going to be handled in that respect. I think, and, and the store owners, they're the ones that hear the complaints. You know, uh, the, the village board's not sitting there on Main Street while while these people come in and complain that the fact that they, have to, that they have to pay for parking now. The store owners are on the front lines of this, the restaurant owners, store owners, and they they believe that their customers are, are out of the gate, not going to be happy about it. Um, and also just the, the idea that you even have to think about it, that you have to download an app, that you have to go through this process. It just changes the way you're pulling into a little town feels. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, it, it definitely changes that. And I think that's probably the biggest concern is that it's a kind of a new way of, of approaching coming into the village. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com But at the same time, I have to say, for years, um, you know, covering the village board, covering the business community, especially in the summer, I've heard nothing but complaints about how business owners are getting yelled at because nobody can find parking on Main Street. Or they're getting ticketed to pay $80 for going five minutes over the two hours. Yeah. So, I mean, I just feel like there's, you know, it's like no, no matter what you do, <laughs> it's a problem. Like if you don't start to try and address parking in a dynamic and, you know, 
interesting way like this, you know, then you're not doing your job as a municipality because we need to solve the parking issues of Sag Harbor. But then, you know, you institute something like this and it's like, oh, well, now my customers are going to complain that they have to pay for parking. To be very clear, there is a parking lot right behind Main Street Sag Harbor that will still remain timed but free. So there will be parking within a one minute walk to Main Street that will still be free. I think to Joe's point though about the the seniors, I think it's a valid point. And I think about my mother would never be able to park on, on Main Street in Sag Harbor and she probably wouldn't make it from the parking lot to uh, to the stores. So so maybe there's a point to um, to increasing the number of handicap spaces or maybe you can come up with some kind of placard like a handicap placard for certain seniors of a certain age who don't have cell phones or smartphones or want to participate in the parking program that are village residents. Maybe there's a way to to accommodate them without having to, you know, deconstruct this this whole system that they've come up. With. Can I can I introduce a novel idea about that? I this is another thing that I saw at um, Ohio University in Athens when I was there last time and it was brilliant. And um, the university was handing these out. Basically, they gave me something that looked like a, a scratch off lottery ticket and you scratch off the date and the time um, and and you put it in your windshield and it's sort of like the two hour ticket, but it's only good for that time. So for people who don't have the app, they could almost buy these little lottery tickets at the local stores and put them on their dashboard and, and it's like a scratch off. That's interesting. This, this goes to my point that we didn't really have time to explore at the express session, but I, I'd like to talk about it here a little bit. Um, so we talked about the revenue side. I think the second part of this conversation is the more intriguing part to me is, what is the point of paid parking and parking restrictions in general? And what, what's the overall goal? The overall goal is to manage the flow of cars in and out of your business district and to make sure that you continue to have that steady flow so that people can come and go as they choose. And if you don't have that, your business community suffers. This app-based system is an aspect of how you control that. But one of the things I find fascinating is that there isn't part of, it's not part of a larger plan to sort of take the village's parking in, you know, the parking resources and try and manage that better. How would you do that? I don't know, but, but I look at Sag Harbor and one of the things I hear about Sag Harbor all the time is that there's lots of parking a little further out that people tend not to want to use and that there's, there's plenty of parking there if people would go there. I wonder if the app is a nice part of this, but I wonder if, if one of the things that needs to happen is a reconsideration of how each of the villages plans its parking. Maybe the prime parking spaces become much more limited in time and they, and they become uh, one hour spaces on Main Street that if you're gonna park on Main Street, you're not gonna park on Main Street to go to dinner. You're gonna park on Main Street to go to a shop to go to a couple of shops and then get back in your car. If you wanna stay for dinner or, or make a night of it, you're gonna to have to park in the main lot or you're gonna to have to park on one of these outer lots and, and maybe walk a short distance in to do it. I, I feel like we're, we're not really talking about the parking problems in the villages. And I don't know that this app solves 
those problems. This is just a, a, another, uh, it's, it's a small part of the parking question. I, I think though that you have to, you have to keep in mind too, that you do want to encourage people to come to the downtowns and come to the business districts. And if, if you start to make it too complicated, you can park here, you can't park there, you know, and, and create all these different rules. Then, then the question is, are you going to discourage people from coming to Sag Harbor or, or East Hampton? Are they going to go somewhere else? And, and I think that's got to also be part of that consideration as you formulate these plans. The nice thing about the, the app system is, it, is it's, is it's automatic, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's data driven and geo driven and, and all of that. So it makes it so much easier to, to enforce as well. And, and that's part of it. To, to Joe's point, if, if these are premium spots on Main Street and Long Wharf, and you have to pay a premium to use those spots, and other people can choose to park elsewhere, isn't that in a way controlling where people are parking and controlling the system. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, in a way, you're going to be pushing people into those areas that are really close to downtown, but that you don't have to pay for. And maybe people are going to be retrained in a way when they come into the village and so that you will have a better flow of parking spaces on Main Street, because I can't tell you how many people I talk to in the summer that are like, I'm not going anywhere near Main Street Sag Harbor, because, you know, it's going to be a traffic nightmare, there's no parking, um, you know, and maybe this makes that maybe this starts to solve that problem a little bit just by introducing um, spaces that people didn't think about um, going to in the first place. I mean, I know for us at the Sag Harbor Express, when we go to work, we don't park on Main Street. We tend to drive down Bay Street and park in front of the Sag Harbor Yacht Club. It's a beautiful walk. <laughs> it's a waterfront walk to Main Street. Um, it's kind of a relaxing way to start the day. And it literally takes me a minute to get to the office. If people start parking in some of these areas they didn't know about, it might also increase the opportunity for new businesses in these areas that you know like you have sort of like down west water street it's kind of like that's where the condos are being built but that's also where bay street theater is thinking of going you know like what a great idea it would be to encourage people to park more down there or maybe there's a possibility of talking about building you know a, a two-story parking lot where the gravel lot is now next to the post office so you've opened that door so i'm gonna i'm gonna walk through it i'm gonna be the controversial one here and point out to you that sag harbor Southampton Village and East Hampton Village all have a really nice centrally located lot that, that is available um, near the business district, very close to the business district, very strategically located. I think the solution is to put in two three-level parking garages on each of those spots to, to allow for more parking. Um, in a, and, and I think it would solve so many of the problems. Now I understand in Sag Harbor, it gets complicated because that lot parking area is actually several parcels. And at least one of those parcels has a restriction on it that says you can't build anything like that on it. So, so it wouldn't be a, a, an easy thing. And, and, and quite honestly, even proposing this idea is probably gonna bring me hate mail because I know a lot of people are really, really opposed to the idea of a small, low parking garage structure that would allow for double or triple the parking that you have there. But 
Are you, are you talking above ground or below ground? I'm talking above ground because I think in each of the cases, I, I don't know that you really could go below ground, but I think, but I, the low slung parking garage uh, structures that I've seen in other communities are not heinous. They don't leap out at you. They blend in and they provide, at least when you go, you know that you're going to have a parking space somewhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll equate it to something completely out, out off the wall here, but Ikea, Up Island. Has anybody gone to that Ikea Up Island? It's impossible to get a parking space in any of the parking spaces near Ikea, but there's a parking garage right beside Ikea where you're guaranteed a parking space and you just walk down a few steps into Ikea. It, 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 takes, the, it, it takes the idea of going to Ikea a little, it makes it a little more reasonable. I think that's true of the villages too. If you had a parking garage where if I knew going to Sag Harbor on a Saturday afternoon in summer, I was going to be able to get a parking space within close walking distance, uh, you know, in that, in that lot uh, behind Main Street, I, it wouldn't, I would have no pause. I wouldn't be one of those people, Georgie, as you said earlier, I'd never go near Sag Harbor in the middle of a summer day. I, I understand that thinking. I don't know that you could get there, by the way, because the traffic would probably keep you from getting there. <laughs> but but the parking issue would be resolved. I, it's a controversial argument, but I'll make it. I think it should. I think it's something all three of those villages should consider. I'll take it a step further. Having spent a lot of summers in medieval European villages the stress level is very low driving into those towns because they all have parking structures like that. And not only that, but they also have illuminated signs that tell you how many parking spaces are available in each of those garages. So if you see one that's full up, you just drive to the next one and you see 134 spaces, you drive in there and it even tells you what levels, you know, the first level it's red, you keep going until you find a green level, you know, there's an empty space there. So, I mean, Europe is so much further ahead of us in this. Why does everybody hate this idea? I don't think everybody does hate this idea. Um, and I think there's ways architecturally, you know, that you could you could do it where, you know, it's not offensive to the historic nature of a community like Sag Harbor, which should never be compared to Ikea, by the way, because it's far more special than Ikea. <laughs> but I think another thing that I wish we were talking about more, and I know that there's a group of residents that really believe this when we talk about traffic and parking and all of these issues, is incentivizing people who live in the village and making it easier for people who live in and around the village to bike and walk to the village. And, you know, I know that that was pre-COVID-19, a conversation that we were having about, like, do we start to look at having almost like a city bike situation where you could, you know, get a bike up near like Pearson or something and, you know, have it for X amount of hours and, you know, take it into the village. And maybe there's another kiosk somewhere like down on Long Wharf, you know, to just try and take more cars off the road because the traffic part of this problem is just as annoying as the parking problem. That should be an easy fix. I mean, they're doing that in Southampton, Westhampton Beach and Hampton and bays already right now i mean you just you pay and i think you pay with an app funnily enough yeah you pay for the bike with an app and it unlocks and and you use it for as long as you need to 
But you know, what's unfortunate is that, you know, we don't have like the safest roadways <laughs> going in and around the village. You know, I know that, you know, we talk about, especially the kids getting to school and wanting kids to be able to bike and walk to school. But, you know, if you've ever navigated certain intersections near Pearson, you know, the idea of sending your kid on a bike down there is, you know, terrifying. <laughs> so there would definitely be some infrastructure issues that would need to be accomplished in order to make biking and walking a more popular way of commuting into the village. Yeah, unfortunately, Jack Harbor is like a way to get from Southampton to East Hampton. Exactly. It's a bypass on 114 as well as Germain Avenue, which is the street that the high school is on. So Southampton Village has for a decade or more had this goal of becoming a walkable and bikeable village. And I, I don't think it's taken any real serious steps to, to, to do that. And, and that's all part of it. I mean, that's the thing is I think there's, I think the point was made at our express sessions last week by, by someone that there's a bigger picture here that we may be putting the cart before the horse a little bit with the apps that I think it's a great, don't get me wrong. I actually think the apps are a great thing. And I think, I think that they can be built, built upon to, to do some great things as far as managing the parking in those villages. But there is a big picture question here about managing, managing the flow of traffic and managing parking in those villages that still needs to be done. There's heavy lifting to do. Absolutely right, Joe, but I think you also have to consider too that this app system is, is something that can be implemented um, very quickly and at no cost to the villages. If you're going to build and raise money for solutions, yeah, if you're going to build garages or you're going to put in infrastructure for bike lanes, and that that's that's all going to cost the village money. This is something that the villages can do now to get the process started, to, to start to adjust the traffic, to start to raise some money, and and it costs it costs them absolutely nothing except. 30 cents for each transaction that goes to the app company. The app company runs the whole thing. Plus the um, enforcement, from what I understand, is a lot less than having to have the TCO walk around. And At least in, in East Hampton, they're going to be using <clears throat> some equipment that scans license plates and vehicles uh, and, and does that without the need for a lot of manpower to do it. I think in Sag Harbor, Gavin, I think the plan right now is they're going to continue to do it with TCOs. Uh, they're not going to use the, the technological side of, of enforcement of the app, correct? You know, it's important to note in this conversation that this parking conversation in Sag Harbor right now has been going on for literally decades. And no matter whether it's put up a three-story parking garage or we need a lot less parking and, and make it a more walkable village, there's always been uh, the, the naysayers and the supporters and largely it's been kicked down the road year after year after year with no, with no real solutions. And, and then you go in there in, the, in, in a summer day and there's people looping around Main Street and all the spots are taken. So here comes an idea, whether you support it or not, that to Bill's point is, is relatively easy to implement. It's gonna raise some revenue. Maybe it'll solve some problems. But the, the same people who are complaining, some of the same people who are complaining about, about uh, who work in the village they move their car around Main Street every two hours. And, 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 and we all have done it before and we've all seen it before. Those people aren't gonna be able to do that anymore. So automatically now, you're, you're, if, you're, if you're an able employee, you're parked down the road a bit, opening more spaces on Main Street. I think it could be a solution, at least in the short term to your points, that at least gets the ball rolling. 
I can say I can say in Sag Harbor for sure that the conversation's been unending and nothing has really been done about it. So I'm I'm happy at least to see some some ideas being put on the table that aren't either building some multi-million dollar garage or stripping Main Street of parking altogether, which which that's been basically the gamut. And both Aiden Korsh and, and Sag Harbor and Mayor Larson and and East Hampton, they both ended the conversation with um, you know, with, with quotes to the effect that, you know, so this costs nothing. We can start it. Let's do it. If it doesn't work, we can pivot. We can change it up. We can try something different, or we can bag it all together because it because there is no you know upfront cost. Theater. So what we've looked at is to try and balance all of the various uses that people make of the village. Great thing is for avoiding tickets, you'll get a note if you just paid for an hour, or you didn't pay at all and you were taking the free hour you'll get an email, you'll get a text to say, hey, your parking session is about to expire. So then we can reduce the number of tickets we're giving out to people and hopefully reduce the anger. A lot of this is about managing people's expectations. And I think people get a parking ticket having dropped a couple hundred dollars in town for dinner. Their expectations were not that there would be a $75 surcharge before they left. We believe, now we'll gather statistics on this as the summer goes ahead and nothing's carved in stone. The great thing about Parkmobile is it's all based on geofencing. There's no, no physical infrastructure. So we can tweak and adjust. We can look at this at the end of the year. And I, for one, intend not to park on Main Street. 75% of the core parking is still available with no change. We're just parking Main Street. We're talking about Main Street and Long Wharf. I would prefer to walk a minute and make a million for the village. I think it's healthier. It'll be healthier for the village in the long run. We can build bike lanes and all sorts of great things um, as we move ahead. So, I so, so there you go. You give it a try. You see what happens. You see what works, what doesn't work. If you need to adjust for more seniors, you can adjust for more seniors. If you want to add more parking spots in, in, um, in Sag Harbor, you can do that. If you want to add some street parking in East Hampton, you could do that. I mean, you can, you can go, you know, in all kinds of different directions again, at no cost to the villages. Right, and you don't have to put parking meters in either. It's like you're past the time where you have to install hardware. And it's gonna raise some money that, that might go to longer term solution. I think the money has probably been the stumbling point. So it'll bring in some revenue that'll allow you to now start thinking about solutions that you can actually implement. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the key right there is, you know, it's nice to see, municipalities, even though I know that there is some, you know, concern about these proposals, it's nice to see municipalities saying, okay, well, we have these issues, we need revenue, let's at least try this out. And like Bill said, if it doesn't work out, and it's a nightmare, you can roll it back and it hasn't cost you a fortune. I wondered, is there any way to kind of compare and contrast the um, reception that these two ideas are getting in Sag Harbor versus East Hampton. Does one of these villages feel like the um, business owners and the municipality is more ready to go with this and more on board? So Sag Harbor in general is, uh, is much more engaged in, in the municipal business, I think. Um, and I, I think that people speak out a little bit more. In East Hampton, it, it's a lot of sort of complaining on the sidelines and then it happens and they, they didn't even realize that it was happening until it comes along. So I, I think that it's, I think it's really split though. I think that there's a lot of support uh, in both villages for the idea of raising revenues and bringing in a, East Hampton's got a lot more on the plate with the sewer, with the sewer needs because that'll be a total transformation. But in, in, in Sag Harbor, the, um, again, I go back to that point that people want to keep the mom and pop stores, that small town feel. 
even though Sag Harbor has changed a lot over the last few years, it's still unique in a lot of ways in that it has that um, sort of old hometown feel to it. And people are concerned about losing that with or without paid parking. And they just feel like this is kind of the next step in that progression. So um, I, I, would, I would have to say that if, um, on my first sense that there's probably more support in East Hampton just because less people are really weighing in. And uh, the, the thing about that board also is Jerry Larson uh, and his two running mates have a majority on the board and they tend to agree on, on everything. So if those three can agree on it, then it's probably going to happen. In Sag Harbor on the board level, I think there's a little more debate going on. Yeah, I mean, I think Sac Harbor in general, you know, it's a it's a very passionate community and they care very much, um, you know, about their downtown. And, you know, I mean, we saw when box stores were going to potentially come in, that's when Save Sac Harbor was born, which became the Sac Harbor Partnership. You know, the Sac Harbor Cinema fundraising effort was like unbelievable. And so everybody really rallies around Main Street, um, you know, but I do encourage residents of Sag Harbor to really inform themselves on the issue and to talk to their elected leaders about their concerns. You know, we published a story a couple of weeks ago about some of these proposed changes and, you know, the social media response was, wait, I, you know, I've never had a chance to weigh in on this. Like I, I've never had a chance to say what I think about this, you know, are they going to take public comment? Da, 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 da. And if you read the story, you saw that this was one of several public hearings they plan to have on this proposal. So, you know, they want to hear what you have to say, but you do have to show up and say it, you know, they're not going to be reading Facebook. They're not going to be checking social media to see what you think. I mean, I'm sure they are, but that's not like weighing in in a public record. Like you should write your elected officials. And I would like to say that from the Chamber of Commerce perspective in Sag Harbor, this coming week, we're going to send out a survey to all our members and, and as many people as want to want to weigh in on it. And then we're going to report to the board at their meeting. I believe it's on February 9th. Uh, they're, they're going to have a, a meeting to, to discuss this. And um, we're, we're going to report back with, the, with what the business community says. I'm hoping to have a percentage of people that respond who say yay or nay, one way or the other, um, and then get into some specifics. Would they like to just see it on Long Wharf? Would, do they have any other ideas, any other answers? Because I think everyone agrees that something has to be done. It's just a matter of what is that. And the only way you get your voice heard, like Georgie said, is to show up at the meeting or, uh, you know, respond to these kind of surveys, you know, put your name on the record and, and go out. And, and I really think both the village boards will be there to listen. And um, I think that they're adapting their plans as we speak. And I think they'll continue to do so. But it's interesting because, you know, now you do have the Sag Harbor Cinema looking to come online, not one, not two, but three cinemas. And as well as Bay Street Theater talking about really building an expansive thing. So now is really a time to try to figure out, you know, parking is going to be a big criticism of, of you know, of people who don't want to see those, um, those two facilities bring in more traffic. So it's, it's interesting. Know. Sag Harbor is already, I mean, such a, such a, um, for lack of a better term, hot destination in terms of nightlife and restaurant life. And yes, here comes New Bay Street and here comes the Sag Harbor Cinema. And a lot of that is because of the, you know, the restaurant industry there, the sewer system. And that's what East Hampton wants to become. I mean, Sag Harbor is kind of a victim of its own success here. It's, there's so many people coming there that they're trying to figure out where to, where to put them. That's a good problem to have from the business community's perspective. But I think, you know, going slowly, throwing a few things at the wall, seeing if they stick is not a bad approach. And, uh, and then maybe, you know, come October, you say, well, what do we all think about that? I think that these, these boards sound like they're, they're adaptive and that they're willing to listen to, um, to whatever the, the community needs. But when those art centers go online, 
it's going to be a busy little village to deal with there in Sag Harbor, and they're going to have to figure some things out in a hurry. So I am going to start a pool, and that pool is that uh, New York Magazine, New York Times, Esquire. Uh, Vanity Fair. Which publication and which date is the first article about changing parking rules in the Hamptons is creating ire that that story <laughs> will be coming. I'm going to take Esquire and June 1st ish. I'm going to go Vanity Fair May. Written by Michael Snareson. Exactly. <laughs> but that's when people will come up to me and say, you should really do a story about the parking yeah. situation. We're all going to be sitting around. We were talking about this in January. <laughs> I know it makes me nuts, man. <laughs> Did you see that Vanity Fair article about parking in Sag Harbor? Have you guys have you guys written about that yet? <laughs> Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.